0: I've got a hunger, twisting my stomach into knots, that my tongue is tied off.
1: My brains repeat... Welcome to The Apple Pack, one novice's got to all things Deathcap, a and one expert in selection over 20 years of history. I'm your novice, Ali abdel and with me, as always, my co-host and Deathcap expert, Justin Tachi.
2: What's up, guys? Hi. Hey. Um... Sorry, guys, but we're about to continue an argument that just happened right before recording this. Um, Andrew Garfield is the best Spider Man. You can go fuck yourself. Andrew
1: Garfield is the worst Spider Man, okay? If we had to rank them, I'd go Tom Holland number one, because, like, obviously he's pretty great. But I, I also have, no, like, an affinity he's for Tobey Maguire. What? Tom Holland's great! Gross. He's fun. He's funny. I do not get how anyone thought Andrew Garfield was a nerd, because he would skateboard everywhere and he had his cool hair and, like,. He was definitely not a nerd. He was, like, a hipster piece of shit.
2: But to be fair, that's what a nerd is these days. No, because, like, the whole
1: point of Spider-Man being a nerd is that he's, like, a social outcast. He's not someone who's choosing not to fit in because he's too cool for this shit.
2: Also, to be fair, Aunt May was, like, all the things in the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man were the best. Like... Aunt May wasn't an ancient woman from the first one, but also wasn't a hot Marissa Tomei in the Tom Holland universe.
1: Yes, Sally Field made a good Aunt May. I'll I'll give you that. But at the same time, I don't think Martin Sheen made a good Uncle Ben. He was too Martin Sheen about it.
2: I I think he did a lovely job.
1: (laughs) I I, I do not care about any of those movies. Those were all trash movies, and they fall beneath The first one was good. The second one was crap. Nope. The Amazing Spider-Man 1 and the Amazing Spider-Man 2 are worse than Spider-Man 3, and I'm saying it, I'm putting my foot down. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, you heard me. <laughs> um No. <laughs> Alright. Thanks everyone for listening to Spider-Cast.
2: <laughs>
1: Maybe get back to the show we actually
2: do? Uh so this week we're gonna talk about Kitsuki.
1: Yes, we're gonna talk about Kitsugi. Ooh, before we get into Kitsugi though, I need to make an apology. Uh a, okay. a, a formal apology. apology. Yeah, so um last week I talked a lot about how I thought that Codes and Keys was a breakup album or a pre breakup album. And uh I, I I had I had not mentioned uh any inspiration for that analysis because I thought it was original. It was one of those things where I thought I came up with the idea on my own. However, uh, I was looking through some of our old emails because uh, in the thank you for today episode, I want to mention some fan reactions, which by the way, guys, if you have listened to thank you for everything and would like us to mention uh, stuff about thank you for everything and, and your thoughts about it and feelings about it, please send us an email so I can be sure to bring it up on that episode. That's next episode. So do it quick. Anyway. So, I was going through our old emails when I saw that one of our listeners had already tweeted that, or had already emailed that theory to us, and I had missed it. So, I would like to apologize to that listener. It is a listener that did get a shout-out that last episode, but without the credit, uh, Vinit, who uh, had compiled, like, uh, his interesting thoughts, and maybe maybe I should read it. Should I read what he said? Yeah, read what he said. All right. He said, um, with codes and keys... Ben retrospectively called it his most dishonest album. He was in his hated city of L.A. Using a guitar he couldn't play properly. The neck was bigger than he was used to. But that feels like a shitty excuse, Ben. Fuck off. You <laughs> we don't know the state of his marriage, but just consider the tone of the album juxtaposed with all the objective reasons about why he might be miserable. So when his songs are about how happy he is with his life, uh, but that door is unlocked and open, like he's free to leave any time, but he chooses to stay. Maybe he's become the talking bird. Ooh, Vinit dropping the mic.
2: Ooh. <laughs> he goes on to talk about I Stockholm think he Syndrome. Should, I think he should do a podcast. Being he a tortured more facts Okay.
1: Yes, he does have more facts, though. <laughs> that is fair. <laughs> but anyway, I wanted to say thanks, Vinit, for sending that theory, and I am sorry I stole credit for what you said.
2: You're you're basically the Spider Man 3 podcast. Spider Man 3 is great! Don't you dare! (laughs) I mean, okay, okay. You're telling me emo dancing Spider Man is fun. At least it's fun. Nothing Andrew Garfield
1: did was fun at all. But, let's pause for a second and talk about the best Spider Man movies in order. Because we're just gonna have to do this right now.
2: Alright.
1: Spider Man 2. The original Spider-Man 2 is the best Spider-Man movie.
2: Yeah, with Dr. Octavius, 100%. Yes. Agreed.
1: Dr. Doctopus, perfect. Perfect movie. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. then I'd go Homecoming, the first Spider-Man, Spider-Man 3, the first Andrew Garfield, the second Andrew Garfield. And this is not me not counting the Captain America Civil War or Infinity War.
2: Yeah, but that's not like, we're talking strictly Spider-Man films. Um, I'm going Spider-Man 2, mm-hmm. Spider-Man 1. Um, like Spider-Man, like, like the, the original Toby McGuire, um, Spider-Man. Uh, I'm going Amazing Spider-Man 1, Homecoming, Amazing Spider-Man 2, and then Spider-Man 3, the emo dancing Spider-Man.
1: Oh, well, I disagree with you, but we'll just leave it there. Um, uh, let's talk about Kintsugi, I guess.
2: <laughs> How'd you feel about Kintsugi?
1: Uh I will say this it is I think the most confusing I've felt about a death cab album cuz some parts of it I really really liked and some parts of it I really really did not
2: um the way I feel about the record is I like the first half and second half does not I I feels like a second it feels like a different record it feels like two EPs that they smashed together
1: I I can agree to that I think uh, I don't love all of the first half, but there are a lot of good parts to the first half, and there are a lot of weak parts to the second half. So I, I think I generally agree with you.
2: Yeah, and I'm, I'm not even talking about the fact that whether or not I like the first or second half. I mean, yeah, obviously I just said like I like the first half better, which I do, but what I'm saying is just content-wise and just like melodically and like instrumentally, it's like they just smashed two EPs together. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, this is the last album that they record with Chris Walla, so I feel like there was some of that angst and pain in that, and mm-hmm. the fact that they probably just wanted to get it over with. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I still think it's a decent release. I will say this: I think it's um better in its approach and songwriting than Codes and Keys, and uh, yeah. So, um, but is compared to the new record that just came out, I don't know. So.
1: Well, I can't judge the New Yorker that just came out yet, so let's stick to Kintsugi. Uh, I do think if you mash up Kintsugi and Codes and Keys, I think you can get a better album by picking and choosing from those two and putting them together.
2: That is very fair. The Gira Taurus could have been on Kintsugi. Yeah. Yeah, It would have been an interesting track on there. Um, But I feel like it's also a little... would be a little redundant with, like, your little Wanderer. Um, Sure, I just think you can you
1: can do more ebbs and flows of happiness and sadness, and you could do this, like, very interesting mishmash of, like, a more dynamic relationship. In, so you mean in a Death Cab album? Sure. <laughs> but I feel like both of those albums miss the mark a little bit.
2: No, that's what I mean. I, I'm not saying that sarcastically to you. I just mean that sarcastically, like, in general. It's just like, mm-hmm. so you mean a Death Cab album. So Plans, Narrow Stairs, yeah. or uh, Translism. Yeah, I'd like to um, also say
1: that I, I. So a lot of people complain about the new era deathcap song, and I think the sound for the new era deathcap is not is it's not offputting to me. I actually like some of it. I just think there's a lot of inconsistency in new era deathcap that bugs me.
2: Yeah, and I, I think that's very true. I think that's very fair. Um, I think that changes with some release that maybe we'll talk about soon. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess do you want to just dive into the tracks? All right, let's just. Talk about the songs. First track up is
1: "No Room in Frame."
0: I don't know where to begin. There's too many things that I can't remember. As I disappeared like a trend, In the hum of the five in the early morning. And now I'm taking my time up through coal, linger through the valley. This highway lived in my mind it takes me back to the place That made me design your way When the cameras turn to face you No room in frame
1: No room in frame. I think this is a good so, start for the album. I like it.
2: Yeah, I know. This is a very good song. Um, I think it's the opening that's pretty honest and just says, like, pretty much opens up what the record's going to be about. We're going to talk about our famous relationship with Zoe Deschanel. Mm -hmm. And this is what it's about. This is how it went. Here it is. Up front and center. None of this hiding bullshit. It's just, this is what it is.
1: It's a vulnerable ending. Even, like, to start an album with I don't know where to begin is, like, it feels real. It feels like he's actually telling you as the audience, like, I, I don't know where I'm going with this, but, like, hang on.
2: Yeah, no, and I think this is a very interesting track. I think it's, um, uh, the, the most coherent opening. There's no, there's no end ifs or buts about it. He, he is writing us a letter right now, and this is the opening line. Mm-hmm. And, um, I very much appreciate the track. I think the, um, instrumentation and the, um, the synths on it are pretty nice. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I like the song a lot.
1: I agree. Um, let's just jump into the next song then, uh, Black song.
0: There is whiskey in the water And there is death upon the vine There is fear in the eyes of your father And there is yours and there is mine There's a desert veiled in pavement. And there's a city of seven hills.
1: Black sun.
2: So this is the first single from the uh, the record. Oh, this like is the single. Okay, that makes sense. Um, I think that well, it opened up the idea that that's what the record's all about with Zoe mm-hmm. Dishnell and all that kind of stuff. Um I really like the song because I think it is very reminiscent of Built to Spill and kind of going back to his earliest influences on like the first releases.
1: Yeah, I agree. I I do like the song as well. Um I also just like kind of like that beginning, the, the the way the song starts and whatever. I think later on the song kind of gets samey for me, but a lot of Death I do, do that. I do
2: appreciate the guitar solo cuz we mm-hmm. don't get to see that a lot and that, I is thought very that, nice. that was That's really cool. cool That
1: too um,
2: and and seeing it live it rips
1: I'm sure it does it, it's a very it's a very cool song it's it's upon re-listening to this album several times it's one of the fir- the songs that when it starts like I immediately get into it it can put yeah. you in a mood like just with that like intro
2: yeah no, I mean I think this song is very reminiscent of I would say it could go back to it's a more it's a not lo fi version of uh we have the facts, I think this song would fit perfectly on there if it was around if if they decided to record it, not in lo fi,
1: yeah, yeah, you'd have to take this song and then play it on like a cassette player and drop it into the bottom of a well and record from like a mile away, but then like yeah, you'd get the same effect as we have facts
2: uh go for yourself, <laughs> <laughs> kinda like how uh. Spider-Man 3 is the worst Spider-Man film.
1: Why is Kitsugi the Spider-Man
2: episode? Also, I won't say Spider-Man, it's Spider-Man. Get used to it. That's why I keep calling it Spider-Man, because I feel like that's how we say it. But yes. Anyway, Black Sun, Spider-Man
1: 2 of this album. Uh maybe like the Spider-Man 1. Like it's okay. pretty good. It's I like it. It's a solid song.
2: Okay, fair. I wouldn't say it's Spider-Man 2. I would yeah. say it's, it's, it's Spider-Man 1. Spider-Man 1. With Willem Dafoe.
1: Willem Dafoe. Uh, <laughs> the best. The Ghosts of Beverly <laughs> Drive. If only you would
0: know me Before the accident Before that grand collision Came a grave consequence Receptors overloaded They burst in disay Feeling.
3: What
1: is
2: the ghosts of Beverly Drive. Probably one of my favorite tracks on the record.
1: It is a really good song. Uh, it's very fun. It, 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 it honestly, yeah, it, it's not my favorite off the album we'll get to that in a minute but it is uh, a really good song i think
2: yeah no i just think it's a fun driving song the driving beat the 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 riff is fun i think it's just a good rock rock song you know what i mean like it's, there's really no um i think also the lyrics are pretty interesting and talking about this place where he pretty much lost all his innocence i would say mm-hmm. so I don't know, I just think that it's a pretty good song follows the whole coherent um theme and everything
1: so yeah it it's pretty great uh it's there's like a the like in this uh whole album there's this thing about like kind of being haunted by old relationships and this song and there's like another one in a bit that like all kind of like allude to that and I, I really feel it it's it's a pretty good representation yeah. of that I think
2: yeah exactly. Um. Yeah, I mean, like I said, fun song. It's, I mean, obviously depressing, but like, still, still, like the the instruments, uh, the instruments are uh, definitely showing a different vibe than what he's trying to portray with the lyrics. So pretty cool. Yeah. That that uh duality. Mm-hmm. So. All right, let's go on to the next track.
1: Little wanderer.
2: You
0: sent a photo out your window of Tokyo told me you were doing fine You said the cherry blossoms were blooming And that I was on your mind But I couldn't make you out of the glitches That's how it always seems to go So we say our goodbyes over messenger As the network overloads When the network
1: Wander,
2: um this song is beautiful.
1: I okay. I will say that this song and I have had a very weird relationship over the past week. Uh where Lay it on me. depending on the time of day
2: and the place I am listening to this, I either love it or hate it. What that's so I don't know, I I, I don't really have that relationship with the song. That's weird. I don't know what it is. I, I, guess it's, I guess
1: it's where I'm at, like, thinking about, like, uh, emotional stuff where, like, at some points I'm like, well, they've wandered away, Ben. Get over it. And sometimes I'm like, no, I get it, Ben. I get it. I'm right there with you, buddy. <laughs> so I think uh, it's just a complicated relationship with the feeling itself elicited by this song. But, like, I sometimes- think
2: that's a you issue. I don't think that's a song issue. Sure.
1: Very possibly, but I'm just saying, I can't always be behind it, but sometimes I definitely am there for it.
2: I feel like this is your feeling of the Spider-Man 3 film. <laughs> kind yeah.
1: of, I think this is the Spider-Man 3 of this album for me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's Where, that's like, sometimes I'm loving it, and sometimes I'm hating it, and it's really, uh, I, don't, I, I don't think it's perfect, but it's uh, it's definitely not terrible.
2: I don't know, I feel like this song paints a beautiful picture. You're just feeling the anguish in the relationship and just, like, how they've drifted apart, this is not what they planned, and it's just kind of, like, they're already preparing for the worst. Yeah. Or at least Ben is. So, um... But yeah, I, I mean, I love the song, so...
1: I will say, though, you know how we reinterpreted a lot of songs in uh, Codes and Keys as sad songs, even though they were happy songs? I feel like this is a sad song that can be reinterpreted as a happy song. So if this song existed in codes and keys, you could definitely see it as someone who just like misses their spouse that travels a lot. And like, it could be like a relatively happy song, you know,
2: that is fair. That is, that is a fair, but going with what we know and the time period in the, in the, in the death tap discography and also just the other songs, I think it's kind of fair to say it's a sad song.
1: I'm sure. Yes. Uh, You know, just, that's, I think, one of my problems with it, as well, is just, not only my emotional inconsistency, but also Death Cab's emotional inconsistency over the past two albums.
2: They just feel, man. They just feel. They don't know what to feel.
1: Ugh, gross. Feelings are stupid. And with that (laughs) said, moving on, you've haunted me all of my life.
0: (laughs) You've haunted me all my life. Through endless days and countless nights it was a storm when I was just a kid Stripped the last cold of any You've haunted me all my
1: life. You've haunted me all my life. I don't know why I like this song so much.
2: This song takes <laughs> uh, what I what I would say is the faster pace in the last couple tracks mm-hmm. and slows it down for us. And I like this song because I think it's, I mean, for lack of a better term, hauntingly beautiful.
1: Yeah, it's... Ah, you, you did the, the... Oh, boy, we're so good at this. Anyway. That
2: line was the Spider-Man 3.
1: <laughs> of lines. That was the amazing Spider-Man 2 of lines. Ah, uh, go fuck yourself. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, I really, really enjoy this song. I don't know why. Maybe it's because it slowed the pace down. Maybe because it's a little bit of a shift for me after Little Wanderer, where it's, like, very clearly... Like, it's very defined emotionally, I think.
2: Yeah, no, this is no wishy-washy shit. This is like, here we are, this is the feeling. Oof.
1: <laughs> um, But yeah, it's a great song. I, I have no, not much more to say about it. It's slow, it's nice, it's in the vein of a lot of other slow Death cap songs that we've heard before that, like, I think when Ben slows it down, it's just kind of, like, incomparable.
2: Well, I feel like this is, like, the Brothers on a Hotel Bed of this album. Sure, Brothers on a Hotel Bed works, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, like, that's that's what I would say. Because it's not, like, extremely slow. It's not, like, slowcore, where it's, like, almost like you kind of yeah. have to fight the track to mm-hmm. to, to stay with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or um, but, like, you can listen to the song most times, and it's yeah. fine. So.
1: Yeah. It. All right, well, uh, let's move on to Hold No Guns.
0: Darling, don't you understand that there are no winners? The medals hung from silken strands greet you at the finish. As so we're dissolving into the sea. I only take what I can carry.
2: Hold no guns. Okay. I don't dislike this song, but I hate the chorus. I was about to say, you said
1: earlier that the the, the first half of the album is great and the second half of the album is bad. And I think that shift, if it were like a real shift, would be halfway through this song, where the beginning of the song I like and then when we hit the chorus, it gets insufferable. And I think it sets the tone for the rest of the album halfway through the song about how oh, yeah, terrible. No, this,
2: this is, yeah, I, I, it's weird that you say it because it, it's not exactly right before this song. It's halfway through the yep. song. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Once it talks about him with his hands holding no guns, where I'm like, what's the point of this? What are you even <laughs> saying?
2: Yeah, no, this is probably one of my least favorite lyrics. The lyrical deliveries from Death Cab as a whole, I I can't stand this I record. mean, everything I, about it—the
1: delivery is bad. I think the line itself is bad. My head Oh, the, the, the line brain. itself is just cheesy. What is that supposed to mean, even? <laughs> it's I, I I mean I I get what it means. It just it's, it doesn't deliver anything. It's not emotionally impactful in the least
2: yeah no I agree with you on this song i i this song is kind of what turns me off at Kintsugi.
1: Ugh, this is a rough one. This is definitely like like how i this song it 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 like i you know kind of like you hit a speed bump and you're like, oh, this is not gonna be a fun trip anymore
2: well, and it's like I also feel like this song relays the fact that this song this album was just kind of stitched together hmm Well, very much like the Kintsugi, we haven't talked about it. Kintsugi is an art form from Japan that, like, you take the gold and you shatter it and then you place it back together into a new piece of art. That's like your life. I get it. Ha ha ha. But this song in particular is... Wow, way to diminish
1: him. He came up with, like, a cool cover, like, concept, and you're like, I get it. Next. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> give me thank you for everything that's an album name
2: <laughs> I just feel like if I didn't say it at least once everyone was just gonna yell at me <laughs> fair enough they'd yell at the other guy not you cause you wouldn't know that
1: I, yeah I'm not supposed to know things that's kind of the point
2: <laughs> um, I mean I right. did know what a <laughs> was but anyway
1: not not the point next track <laughs> next track Everything's a ceiling. Oh boy.
0: (laughs) Way, way down in a hole, there's no feeling. Cause when you're so far beneath the floor, everything's a ceiling. Dog it down as
1: deep as we could. Just like we planned it. For those wondering, this is another one of those songs where Justin does interpretive dance while we listen to it. <laughs> There's a lot of vogue in, in the
2: interpretive <laughs> dance. At some point,
1: we probably should post a video of you interpret dancing <laughs> to
2: deathcam for
1: the audience.
2: Um, so, this song, the, the music... And it like the 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 backtrack could easily be on Thank You for Today, and I'm I wouldn't be surprised if they recycled it in some way. But oh my god, this track is just bad.
1: This track is bad. I don't like the the whole everything the ceiling whatever the fuck they're saying. It's stupid. It, yeah, no, it, it's no. dumb. The song doesn't fit here. I don't know if I'd like this song somewhere else. But I definitely don't like it in this album. I don't like it in this spot. It just is off-putting and weird and strange. It's a dumb No, I think,
2: I think this song, if they reworked it, could have been on Thank You For Today. I know you don't understand that because you haven't listened to it yet. But I think that once you listen to that album, you'll be like, oh, okay.
1: Yeah. Anyway, I don't want to talk about this song anymore because it's dumb. And go, let's move on to Good Help" is Hard to Find. <laughs>
0: Never have to hear the word no. If you keep all your friends on the payroll, the non-disclosure paid sign. Your secret safe between no The Scaffolding won't cheer and console you. But remember what your mother told you. Good help is so hard to find from people who are so refined. Trying to turn into
1: skip. Business. Good help is so hard to find. I missed the "so" when introducing the song. Yes. Um, I think
2: there's a redeeming track
1: I, on the I second agree. half. I think. I think it's not. A terrible song. It's not as good as a lot of things off the first half. I also think tonally is a little bit weird for the album, but it is a good song. I think it's a fun song and I think this is like you know, the quote-unquote like new era Death Cap song that I think kind of works, you know?
2: Yeah, no, I, I agree with you on that. I think that the... Um, I think the lyrical integrity of this song is very interesting and in the fact that he's willing to just like kind of put it all out there and especially yeah. with how... Blunty is with it so I think that's really cool with this song and I also like that he kind of pairs it with this like kind of like fuck you beat <laughs> that's yeah. just like just nice to listen to and meanwhile he's, he's talking some shit yeah he is so um I think it's an interesting a lot of these songs are that interesting duality where he puts a happy tone to it but it's like uh, no 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 that's not exactly what this is about
1: yeah it's definitely interesting. It's a weird shift for Death Cab, um, but I'm, I'm, I'm on board. I'm not against it yet.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I will say, uh, not a, not my favorite song off the record, but I think it's definitely, like, for the second half, it's uh, redeeming quality rather than you know, hold no guns where it's just like, ugh. Yeah, I agree. Well,
1: El Dorado. Seems you
0: finally found, finally found, Eldorado, Dorado, over in Culver City, shining bright, maiden and lights, and I'm trying to be tied for you. Oh, I'm trying to be tied for
1: you. Oh. El Dorado. Uh, not the worst song, I don't love it. I'm just gonna... Okay, so, Postal
2: Service song? Yeah,
1: definitely a Postal Service song. Um, uh, um, spoilers, yeah, I, I mean, have listened I... to Postal Service, guys, uh, because we've already recorded that episode. <laughs> what? I said, spoilers, I've already listened to Postal Service, because we, we recorded that episode, but we haven't released it yet.
2: Yeah, which is something you could have released while we were on break for a little bit, on sabbatical. Yeah, but I would have had to
1: edit it, and I was being lazy, so... <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh poor, poor, poor! The podcast listeners. Ugh. I think they'll be uh, fine. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, I, yeah, I mean, this song is just a fun little ditty. I don't really, I when I listen to it out of the context of playing the record, no. But like, I think it's it is what it is. It's not. I I don't think it's lyrically significant or this like mass opus of like death cab song but i think it's a fun little fun little song
1: yeah i i kind of it's one of those songs that i, I expect more of and don't deliver i feel like deathcap does this a lot especially in the like referencing mythology or something like that it's always a cool title and i always want to like it more to th- the ship that launched a thousand shits or something like that it's it's always i always get caught in and then disappointed and this is another one for me
2: wasn't there one that you actually did really like the title and you loved the song?
1: I forgot what it was. I don't know. Possibly Talking Bird, I really like that title and really like that song, but it could be something else. I'm not sure. If you know listeners, please tweet at us at the Factspod.
2: <laughs> and our Instagram is at the Pod. And if you want to write in an email, we have the Pod Gmail at uh, gmail.com. Yep, we'll
1: we'll mention all this at the end. <laughs> because we plug ourselves <laughs> um, all the time.
2: And, obviously, come at us with your Spider-Man feelings.
1: (laughs) Oh, uh, I don't care about your Spider-Man feelings unless you're about to say Spider-Man 2 is the best Spider-Man of all times, and then I'll be like, yeah, you get it.
2: Well, I mean, we all agree with that. That's like, that's like so... Empire Strikes Back is the best Star Wars movie. Like well, I mean, you have those hard. weirdos who like um, A New Hope or Return better, and I'm like, no. Okay, please. Return... Okay, my father is of the generation that likes Return the best, but I understand it because Return was the last movie, and it concluded the story, and they waited fucking six years for that movie.
1: And at the same time, I'm like, <clears throat> anyway, moving on... <laughs> Um, ingenuine, or what's the next call called?
2: <laughs> that is not what it's called, my friends. Oh my god! It's oh yeah, no, in, in yeah, no, you're right. I'm sorry. Ingenue, that's what it is. Got it.
0: Ingenieur, what have we done to you Under that soft skin I hear a ticking The currency 23 it turns from gold to dust when you crest the
1: wave of love ingenue no i don't care (laughs) just no i don't care about the song at all
2: yeah nope i don't know why it
1: fits here i don't know what she's trying to do with it it's kind of weird. I, I get I get what he's doing, I, I guess, but it just it doesn't work for me at all.
2: He's just trying to make this the album 11 songs, not 10. It's just, it's just, uh, but next track, Binary C.
1: Wow, that's the shortest we ever talked about a song. Binary <laughs> C, let's go.
0: Atlas could not understand The world was so much smaller Still to before, the weight it brought him to the floor. As you watched him stroke to his feet, you took photos capturing his defeat. and messaged them to all your friends, and we all laughed at his expense.
2: Binary see. So they tried to write Translanticism, uh, too.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I would not dislike this ending if the album leading up to it was good. Like, th- this would be a, a very good ending if, it, if you know, we cut the middle of Hold No Guns, uh, maybe throw in um,
2: good, is, good Help Is, uh, good uh, help uh, is uh, Hard uh, to Find, um, and then numbers.
1: just end it with Binary C, and then drop the last, like, three, three and a half songs, basically.
2: I agree with you. I think this song would be a little bit more impactful and less, like, if you're trying to listen to the whole record, it's just, like, it's a difficult task, I think, to get to.
1: Yeah. And that it's not rewarding enough that makes that journey through the shit worth it, you know?
2: Yep. Nope. (laughs) If
1: it was, like, a real powerful song, then you'd be like, all right, I will suffer through those three songs to get to you, but it's not at all.
2: Yeah, no, I know. I think the song is good. I don't think it's by any means their best. I mean they already wrote Translanticism. Like that song in itself is I think they were trying to recapture that or trying to rewrite that. Uh, not rewrite it, but like do do it justice and try to like do a homage to it. But um oh, yeah, gosh. I yeah, so that's the way I I think I feel about the song, so
1: Alright. Um let's do favourites and least favorites. What's your favorite, Ollie? I will say my favorite is You've Haunted Me All My Life, and I can't defend why it's my favorite, but it just is.
2: Uh, Because you're a confusing person. Fair Um, enough. What's your least favorite?
1: It would either have to be Everything's a Ceiling, or the second half of Hold No Guns.
2: (laughs) Wow, just that much hatred for that song? Yes. Yes. It
1: lets me down so hard.
2: Uh you know what I'm going to say, so favorite track is tough for me. It's between Ghost of Beverly Drive and Little Wanderer, but you know what? I'm going to say Little Wanderer because I feel like it touches new ground and it's very interesting. Um Whereas my least favorite track, because I like the first half of Hold No Guns, I can't say it's my least favorite track, so therefore I have to go everything ceiling.
1: Fair enough, fair enough. I think we're in agreement here. Unlike our Spider-Man choices,
2: which is just inconsistent. <laughs> you somehow like Spider Man 3. Somehow. I don't I just think it's more
1: interesting than any of the um what's his name? Andrew Garfield Spidermans. Which by the way, leading to all this, did you see Venom? I did not see Venom. I probably will not watch Venom, and uh that is that. Wow. What? Yeah. I don't know. I don't think it's gonna be good. I don't think Sony should continue trying to pursue a universe without Marvel. Uh, I think just you know, lean on your your Marvel Spider-Man movies, lean on the um, Tom Holland stuff. Don't try to launch a second universe to like then reconnect with or it's, they're just trying so hard to do something different. Don't do Spider-Man without Spider-Man. That's my
2: end point. I mean, Venom's a pretty captivating character. Sure,
1: whose origins is heavily steeped in Spider-Man.
2: I agree with you, but I think Sony should have went all the way with it, kind of like a Deadpool type deal.
1: Well, I did not see the movie, so I can't really criticize it. Let's just leave I didn't it at that.
2: See it. I didn't see it. I'm just saying. Uh, I guess. I guess that's a, that's fair. But the fact that it's not rated R and there's not like just like it's not like a fucking slaughter fest like Punisher mm-hmm. film or something like that. I think it should have been something like that. All right.
1: Ugh. Now, Topher Grace was terrible. We can all admit that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you like Spider man Topher Grace is a great Venom. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so terrible. So bad. Although Sandman was good. Sandman was I good. Thought... And that, it was
1: originally supposed to be a Sandman movie. And then the studio forced Sam Raimi to include Venom, even though Sam Raimi was not a Venom guy. And,
2: yeah, no. So we all feel for him there. Anyway, but, um. Alright, uh. Anything new you want to plug?
1: Uh, I want to plug Spider-Man 3 is on Netflix right now, guys. It actually is. Go watch it. It is a ton of fun. There are incredibly bad moments in it. Have fun with it. Just enjoy all of it. The good parts, <laughs> the bad parts. It's <laughs> it's the kintsugi of Spider-Man movies.
2: <laughs> that is a very... You know what? I'll give you that one. Applause. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Golf claps for Ali. Thank you, thank you very much, thank you. Um, What else are you
1: listening to, or whatever? I just started watching Patrick Melrose on Showtime, very great show, Uh, you should check it out. I also started watching Maniac on Netflix, I was haven't finished that, but also a very fun show, you should watch that as well. I'm not listening to any music right now, sadly.
2: Um, uh, I don't really have anything new that I've been listening to. Although I've been diving into some glam rock, so a lot of David Bowie, ooh, fun. um, like the Hunky Dory um era. Yeah, and um, I've been listening to Velvet Underground and Lou Reed Transformer. That's that's a good place to be right now. Um, yeah, like I, I've never really dove into this before. Like mm-hmm. I've never really like listened to it, like. As was like, oh, I'm listening to these records. I just like maybe even throw on a track here or there, you know, listen to like Walk on the Wild Side or something like that. Um, but like I'm listening to the songs and some of them like and I, I think about how minimalistic it is and how in the past I thought that, that was kind of dumb. But then I just like hear this and I'm like, the fact that this like conveys a track is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially like Velvet Underground. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, like, I never understood Lou Reed's, like, brilliance or, like, what was going on with him, but I feel like it was mainly just attitude. (laughs) Literally, the, (laughs) it's, it's not, like, he's writing, like, Stairway to Heaven or anything like that, but Mm. uh, the attitude on the track is just, like, you can't help but feel the anguish and, or just, like, wow, this is fucking cool. It's like Dean Martin fucking, or, like, uh, you know, uh, James Dean fucking just, if he were like a songwriter, <laughs> mm-hmm. what you would imagine of, out of him. Okay. So, all and right. then uh, shows that I'm watching Big Mouth season two. Already watched it all. It was awesome. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, I watched the the 90s. CNN the 90s is out on. Oh, interesting. Okay, I just that on Netflix. So I watched that. It was very exciting.
1: <laughs> all right. Um. I guess just to wrap up, let's say that next week is going to be our final, uh, Deathcap album. It will be the most recent. We will be listening to Thank You for Everything. Um, we'd love to hear your thoughts on it, your feelings about it. Uh, tweet at us, Instagram us, uh, tag us on Reddit comments or Reddit threads that you think are interesting, or just forward them to us by email at we have the fact no, it's we have the facts pod at gmail.com. Um, and we will read them on the episode if there's anything really cool or really interesting. Um, this is close to the end of the podcast's official first run. Woo! Uh, as soon as we're done, like, when we're done with Thank You for Everything, that's not the end of the podcast. We have some stuff banked, some special episodes. We're going to be ranking our albums on an episode. I will uh, be
2: seeing Death Cab next
1: week. Justin will be seeing Death Cab with uh, previous show guest, Rachel. Who uh, might be returning?
2: Uh, yeah, I believe so. She might return. Maybe we'll have her on my end and we can uh, do this together. Yeah. Uh, and then we will also... And we won't talk about how she's going to murder Pat. Yes.
1: <laughs> and we <laughs> will have some stuff further down the line. But I also want to say, even when the uh, when the podcast seems to have died, do not worry. It is going to come back in some iteration or another. We're working on it. We're gonna, we're coming up with ideas and, uh, the show will continue. So don't unsubscribe. Don't unfollow. Uh, stick around and there will be more content by these two idiots. All right?
2: Yeah, cause that's exactly what people want. The two idiots to tell them more content. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I, right. um, with? I will say, uh, do you have a song you want to play? Cause I'm thinking of a song if that's cool. Yeah, go for it. Uh, I am feeling since it is we are recording this on a Sunday, Sunday morning by the Velvet Underground.
1: Oh, very nice! Sunday morning by Velvet Underground. Let's do it. All right, guys, we love you. Bye. Bye.
3: Sunday morning brings the dawn.